MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thursday edition of Primetime Action here on Beeson. Matt Brown, Amal Shaw on the desk today. Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. He'll be back next week with us. We've got golf on pretty much the whole rest of the show, it seems like. So this will be running, of course, the tournament going on over there in Hawaii. But before we even get to these NBA lines and things, uh, Amal, I know you have a couple of plays tonight. Yeah, starting with the Wisconsin Badgers. They go at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific time uh, at the Kohl Center. I got this one on the overnight at 2.5 now, up to 3, 3.5 three in other places. I would take this one up to as high as 4 here, Matt. I uh, like this Wisconsin team always at home. Iowa struggles generally when you get them away from Iowa City. And then late night on the Pac-12, uh, out in the Pac-12, rather, excuse me, SC, a rare road favorite for me. I'm not a big fan of taking road teams, particularly in college hoops. I uh, like the Trojans against this Cal team. They really struggle to score. USC defensively is elite. Their length is a problem. You talk about an all-airport team. Uh, when you see Isaiah Mobley get off the plane, he should be the first guy off. You talk about an intimidating size. We've seen how well Evan has played so far this year for the Cavaliers, but uh, late five and a half in that one. We'll start on the ice with these lines because um, we actually don't have a, an NBA tip for about a half an hour, so we can at least give you these that are going off right now if you do want to get in on the Sharks and Sabres. That is 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Right now, the Sharks are very slight, minus 120 favorites, even money on the Sabres there. We got the Penguins and the Flyers at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Right now, the Penguins are minus 235 road favorites, plus 195 at home. On the Flyers, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, the Flames and the Lightning. The Lightning minus 205 home favorites, plus 175 on the Flames. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, the Wild and the Bruins. The Bruins minus 160 home favorites, plus 140 on the Wild in that one. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, the Blue Jackets and the Devils. Devils are minus 160 home favorites, plus 140 on the Blue Jackets there. The rest of the games on the slate tonight, Panthers and Stars is 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, the Panthers are minus 140 road favorites, plus 120 on the Stars at home. The Jets and the Avalanche, the Avalanche are minus 240 home favorites. The Jets, you can get about 2-1 to one on them on the road there. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Blackhawks and the Coyotes. The Blackhawks minus 155 road favorites, plus 135 on the Coyotes. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, the Rangers and the Knights. The Knights are minus 155 home favorites, plus 130 on the Rangers. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, the Red Wings and the Ducks. The Ducks are minus 130 
home favorites over the Red Wings, plus 110 if you want the road team. And 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, we have the Predators and the Kings. The Predators are minus 140 road favorites, plus 120 on the Kings in that one. As I mentioned, no uh, 7 Eastern NBA tips tonight, but there's a 7.30 Eastern NBA tip, and that is the Celtics and the Knicks. The Celtics are two to two and a half point road favorites in that one, 208. About 207 and a half, 208, your total there. Eight Eastern, five Pacific. We have the Pistons and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are 13, 13 and a half point home favorites over the Pistons. 217 to 217 and a half to 218 and a half. So shop around if you're playing the total. Eight Eastern, five Pacific. The Warriors and the Pelicans. Pelicans, one, one and a half point. Home favorites here, 211, 211 and a half the total. And then 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns are 10 and a half point home favorites. 221 to 222 the total in that one. Kelly, any news and notes for our listeners out there? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, – Golden State Warriors got a lot of guys out in that game tonight. No Steph, no Draymond, Draymond no one Toscano-Anderson in that game. I did take a piece of the Pelicans. It was still – still when it was Pelicans plus one, I didn't get it before mm-hmm. the, the big move this morning. Um, but Warriors on a back-to-back situation, no Steph on the court, no Draymond on the court, no Juan Toscano-Anderson on the court. He's had a couple big games this year for them. I – this I don't like this Pelicans team much. Yeah, much I don't at think all anybody right now, does right now. But yeah, I, I actually expected this to this line to move more than it has. Now it is New Orleans. It, it has kind of jumped the fence. It's New Orleans minus one basically everywhere minus one and a half. Uh, but yeah, I, at, at at first I didn't think the adjustment was big enough. So small bet to, uh, tonight for me on the Pelicans side. Don't don't, don't lo- love backing a a bad team like them right now. But Brandon Ingram back in the fold for them. Um, should be looking a little better. That is what I've got going tonight. Celtics and Knicks uh, pretty healthy on both sides. Kemba's out for this game tonight. Um, that's about the only only name of note. Um, and then for some of the games later, obviously no still Paul George, no no Paul George still for the for the Clippers. So they will be going uh, into Phoenix shorthanded. No Zubats. No Luke Kennard as well. So they are going to be very shorthanded in that game tonight out in Phoenix, but on the Sun side of things, no DeAndre Ayton still for them. Jay Crowder also out tonight. Uh, JaVale McGee and Landry uh, Shaman, who's in quarantine, uh, all out for the Suns tonight. Sure, Steph not complaining about the night off. Plays 36 minutes last night. Has one of his rare, very, very, very off shooting nights. 5-24 from the floor. One of nine from downtown for him. He just finishes with 14 points as the Warriors get beat by 17 Last night by the Mavericks, Draymond plays 32 in that one. He only puts up four shots, only makes one of them, and uh, only finishes with three boards and four assists. So he wasn't a a factor in that game either. So getting those guys some rest there, Maul. I'm sure uh, Steph will will chill out and enjoy the uh, the time down there in New Orleans. Well, I'll tell you what, though. This is the second consecutive bad shooting night he had, right, against Miami Heat. He scored in single digits. Didn't even get the double digits in that game. Just nine points, three of 17. So probably uh, taking a little bit of a toll based on the amount he's been able to play so far this year and what he's been able to do for this Golden State team. And, you know, look, I get it from a um, team perspective while you're sitting, guys. But, Matt, you know the one thing I would love to see in the NBA? If you're going to sit, guys, you have to sit them on home games only. 
Because so many of these places like New Orleans, when mm -hmm. they sell their season ticket package or season packages, yeah. you got to buy the Warriors and then you get stuck with the Orlando Tragic. Mm -hmm. And nobody pays to go see a bunch of Jordan Pools of the world playing a game like this or Andrew Wiggins. No, <laughs> I, I, Kelly, you're laughing. That's the truth. No, it's the truth. I hear you, man. You're right. Like, it, it is I, like, it, it's a crappy situation. I, for I, I want somebody to actually take legal action against these leagues. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, somebody who's suing New York and New Jersey for using the name, you know, the Giants for using mm -hmm. the name New York. It's ridiculous. You want to sit there and charge a premium, but then you got all these guys that sit out. I, you look at MJ, you look at John Stockton. By the way, look at the number of seasons these guys played 82 games. A lot. Didn't, didn't seem to impact Michael in the postseason, by the way. There was a uh, – it's funny you say that. I had a couple of buddies who were who were thinking about making that trip down there today, and they decided to to not because, again, they're not going to go watch a bunch of yeah, – watch a bunch call. of backups, yeah. you know, so they're, they're not going – to be doing that. Stick around. Uh, we are going to have Dallin Cuff on the show here from ESPN. You find him on Daily Wager, also talking college basketball for them. So we will talk some college hoops with him. We'll also have Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. He's their lead draft analyst. And listen, it is never too early to start looking into this stuff because as we, as we know, it can be very, very lucrative if you can absorb this information and you can then translate it into a betting perspective. It is not about a talent evaluation. It is about a betting. It is a betting event, Amal. And that is one of those things we don't claim to be on this desk and be talent evaluators. We don't get paid to do that. We're just trying to make bets that are going to cash. And if we can get out in front of stuff like this and figure out from these guys who have been studying this stuff for, you know, basically the last five months, they can get a, give us some insight as to where we can try to look down the line. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing. And, you know, one of the biggest things you're trying to find the need which fits a team. You know, if you see Jacksonville mm -hmm. at the top of the list, you're not going to see them drafting a quarterback. Right. And so I think it's important you kind of distinguish between what our team's needs are as opposed to what you think they're necessarily going to draft. Kelly, as I mentioned, we're going to have some golf going on as well. There are some guys who are already off the course. And some of the guys, some of the, some of the names you will recognize, and some, if you hadn't been a golf fan for too long, you might be going, uh, Joel Damon and, and Garrett Higo and Taylor and Taylor Gooch and all of them are all in the clubhouse and inside the top five up there. And yes, that is exactly the case is what's going on right now. Those guys that got out there early, they got after it. And, and honestly, if you look at Higo and, and his round, he left a lot out there on the course. Three different par fives that he parred, three putted, three different par fives today and still finds himself at five under there, Kelly. So, uh, you know, we, we do look at some of this stuff when we try to bet maybe these second rounds and third rounds and stuff. Now, let's, this is a no-cut event, so it's a little bit different than what we'll be doing for the rest of, of the season here. But when you see a guy like that that still is able to find the top of the leaderboard after three putting three different par fives where he could have come out of there yeah. with at least a couple of more birds and he would be in the lead in this tournament, or, or typically guys will we'll be looking to potentially back, you know, in a in a second round or even in a futures market as we move it deeper into the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Victor Hovland, another uh, guy today who, you know, take out a couple holes and uh, he, he was looking pretty fantastic. Had a double on 14, bogeyed 17. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know, take out a couple holes out of his card today and he, he'd be right at the top as well. Um, and hey, for those names that people don't recognize, these, these are all guys who won on the yeah. tour last year. Yeah. So some of those names like Higo uh, you need, and Taylor Gooch, I mean, start, if you don't know him already, get to know him now because those names aren't going away anytime soon. One, one guy I said that I wouldn't bet on with your money is uh, right up there, Brooks Kepka. <laughs> I, I, listen, I thought that this was going to be one of those deals. Brooks Kepka goes out there, just uh, takes it as a vacation, goes and tries to work on his game, work on some different things that he wants to do in these uh, big major tournaments, and 
That was not the case. He went out there and he played and he played really good. And that's including a double bogey, by the way, on his card. And he still finishes at five under today. So Brooks Kepka taking this one seriously. Yeah, just one shot off the lead. And I think also the one thing when you're at Brooks Kepka at that level, once you get on the course, you're ready to go and you want to compete, obviously, with an opportunity. You mentioned that double bogey. He'd be sitting right there at the top of the leaderboard here, just one shot back. But, Kelly, you referenced the names on this thing. You remember the beginning scene in Major League when he's like, who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly I'm like, who are these guys? I mean, come on. And then you're like, oh, they all won last year. It's kind of crazy. I'll take your word for it. Listen, yeah. I follow golf about as closely as I'm sure many of you follow hockey. So <laughs> I know you do. I got a couple first-round leader bets. One still live, Matt. Sung JM. So I will be looking after that uh, throughout the show tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, go Golf needs a Tiger Woods type of player again because guys like me would watch. I, I still remember watching the U.S. Open uh, playoff with Rockwood Mediate because it was Tiger. You know, there's just certain players that bring people in. We'll, uh, we'll check out. There's still three uh, college tips to come as well with ranked teams. Of course, the one that the mall mentioned a little bit earlier as well. We'll run through some news that happened today in the NFL as well. It's primetime action here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on VEASAN Thursday edition. Matt Brown, Amal Shaw, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. I said there were three college basketball games with ranked teams that are still coming up. Long Beach State and UCLA. Uh, UCLA, a big 26-point favorite in that one if you uh, want to get involved. Uh, the game that Amal mentioned, the Iowa-Wisconsin game, is still to come. And then we also have a late-night tip in the USC-Cal game where USC is a five-and-a-half-point favorite there. So uh, we got we got three tips to come with ranked teams and, of course, one playing right now in Ohio State and Indiana as well. Some of this NFL news I do want to hit on before we get to our some some different type of power rankings that we do here. Bears went ahead and Justin Fields put on the COVID list. Uh, 
the Steelers, Deontay Johnson put on the COVID list. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to play for the Chiefs this week. I don't think that that's any – I didn't think anybody was thinking he was going to play anyway. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't practice yet again for this Ravens team that, again, has like just an astronomical chance of uh, of making the playoffs. So doesn't uh, doesn't look like he's going to go. And then, of course, there's uh, – there's the Baker Mayfield stuff that went around today. We actually have a graphic here for you. Um, listen, so these beat writers, especially some of these NFL beat writers, are super, super, super entrenched in these teams. Look, Mary Kay is about as good as they come when yeah. it comes to to these beat writers that are entrenched with the team. So I'm not going to say that what she said doesn't have any merit here because, again, she's she's on more times than she's not for the Cleveland Browns. She said Baker Mayfield must resolve his differences with Kevin Stefanski soon in case they need to coexist next season also some names that will be on their radar if they don't and so she has a link to to an article that she wrote for cleveland.com to which baker mayfield replied clickbait you and many other cleveland local media continue to be drama stirring reporters with no sources or facts don't put words in my mouth which she didn't so you can put food on your table i'm not your puppet she, she didn't put words in his mouth. Um, that wasn't, for one, she didn't put words in his mouth. And, um, you know, also, again, some of these beat writers are, are on way more than they're off, and she's one of the ones that's on way more than she's off. Completely agree yeah. with you. And I'll tell you what, you know, Baker Mayfield, listen, you little midget, worry about playing <laughs> football instead of worrying about what Mary Kay Cabot has to say. And first of all, the reason why you guys are making $40 million as quarterbacks is because of part of this clickbait and all these other media streams and everything else that talks about you. If there's no media covering it, why don't you see how tennis does? Top 100 players are the only ones that barely make a living in that sport. So stop with this nonsense. You're absolute garbage. You're looking like an overrated number one overall pick. I mean, come on. The only thing we're missing is a crying leaf scenario here, and you'll fit the mold of him, too. Stop with it. Listen, just go out and make plays. Stop making excuses. Just, You know what? I would love to see a guy say, hey, listen, man, you know what? I didn't play well this year. I was the difference in yeah. my team getting to the Super Bowl or not. People would respect that. There's a lot of people that work hard every day that don't make that kind of money, so shut the hell up and go play. He uh, looks like he's trying to keep his name in the in the media, even though he's trying to say, don't put, don't write a story about me in responding to that. All you did was try to keep yourself in the news cycle as well, knowing that you're not going to start this week when your team is a six point favorite over the Bengals, who it looks like they're going to be sitting all of their starters in this one. And then of course, uh, Antonio Brown is officially released by the Bucks. More news coming out with that. They asked Bruce Arians point blank today. What went on? He said, Hey, look, we told, we, we, we're going to the package that he has been playing in all game long. He didn't want to go in the game when we tried to put the package into the game. And um, so I told him to uh, get the expletive on out of here. And apparently he took that as okay. And I'm going to throw my pads off and I'm going to, you know, run and get and run out of here. Now, more to the story, which we were talking about incentives and different things. And he had a big, he had big incentives over the last couple of games to try to get him an extra million dollars. Apparently he threw a tantrum. Shocker, Antonio Brown threw a tantrum at halftime saying that he wasn't getting enough targets and wasn't getting the ball enough. And then they told him to go in the game and he said that he was injured. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong on this, but I think down the line you're going to see some disconcerting news about yeah. Antonio Brown. It just seems like it's leading to that path, and we've seen this multiple times over and over. Um, you know, look, I get it. You want to get the ball. You want to be able to reach a target of making $333,000 extra on catches, yardage, and touchdowns. Each could be equated to a million dollars. But at some point in time, you still have to remember this is a team sport. I always say if you want to be an individual, golf and tennis are great sports. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and pursue those if you want to be an individual. Yeah. And so to me, it's just it's disappointing. And I, I give I, I tell you what, 
Brady, obviously, we know what a great player he's been throughout his career. But, man, I thought he showed tremendous leadership in terms of his postgame comments. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was really impressed by what he had to say. And, you know, it seems like with Brady, there's never a misstep. And, you know, if you're Antonio Brown, you were given an incredible opportunity on a team filled with talent, great offensive coaching, still couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's certainly a shame here. And, and again, I, I this is one of those things where he was trying to say he was hurt and they tried to force him to go back into the game this is a guy who was jumping around on as he was exiting the field and ran off the field and all this, but he was he was too hurt to to go in again. I just, I just don't buy it. And also, this team had just lost Chris Godwin, Kelly. They're not forcing anyone to go play a game that was basically a meaningless game. They were not never getting the one seed. They were already in. They were already in in the South. Like so, so there was no reason to force a guy who was injured to go into the game actually it would be detrimental to that team because they had already lost a wide receiver yeah they uh hey man it's an interesting situation I, the only thing i'm glad antonio brown said was he kind of he kind of fessed up about the good stuff which we always mention you know i don't know if you caught that quote but he was like you know they injected me with some stuff that's uh you know it's it's good it's good stuff that helps out but it's been shown that it could be detrimental to your health long term <laughs> it's like how many sundays are you begging for that stuff yeah. and then this is a convenient way to uh throw that under the bus now by the way you know what him and Baker Mayfield, they get nine other guys, they can get a team together. There they but go. The reality of it is, to your guys' point about this, I, I, I just think, you know, sometimes you got to take the road of, you know, just saying, hey, listen, I, in this case, he obviously ostracized himself from the team permanently, if not the league permanently, but, you know, just calm down a little bit. You got a lot of good leaders on that football team. They've won a Super Bowl. There's a reason why they were able to put it all together in one season. I, I just don't get this. Not that. Not that we expected him to take a measured approach to this yeah, and, 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 and that he was most likely done in the league as it was anyway, but the only way he could have salvaged this was say, I lost my temper, I was wrong, I should never have done that, and whatever. And then maybe you get a team to fall for it and, and get you next year, but to come out and say, like, they tried to make me play when I, I mean, like, that, that's it. That's, you know, people, that's it. People criticize Monte Davis, and fine, you know, he, mm -hmm. he quit in the middle of the game. But the one thing I will say, it wasn't like he sat there and blamed the rest of the team or anybody else. He was just like, I was done. He left. Yeah. You know, there was a player this year at Ohio State. He quit in the middle of the game, Kayvon Pope. And, you know, one of the mistakes that people make when you do those things is you alienate yourself not only from the team and that school, the fan base, the alumni in terms of getting jobs and other things. And to me, Antonio Bryant is – or excuse me, Antonio Brown's a guy – that he is his talent is so immense. I think somebody would have potentially taken a chance on him. Yeah. But now at this point in time, you're like, I don't know when this guy's going to quit. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Uh, all right, so let's take a look here and let's do some. Uh, these are different type of power rankings. And this is our Super Bowl odds power rankings. And basically, if we had a hundred dollars, if we had three hundred dollar bets, and that's it, and we had to split it up as three one hundred dollar bets, where would we put them? And so for me. Uh, I came in, and we. I, this is almost in no particular order here, but it is in at least a little bit of an order. I've got the Chargers as my bottom one at 40 to 1, and this is strictly based off of a super long number. I had to put $100 down. I want to turn my $100 into a, a lot of cash here, and I understand the Chargers still have to play a game to even get in. But I keep talking about this, and this is a team with the highest variance of any of the teams in the NFL, the way that they, the style that they play, that if they can run pure, and listen, we've seen teams run pure. Remember the Eli Manning Giants and, and go on and win the Super Bowl. We've seen teams run pure for four games before. And the Giant, if the Chargers were able to, were able to run pure and convert all those fourth downs 
and all the times that they pass up on field goals to try to score touchdowns, and they score touchdowns and things like that. It's going to be very, very, very hard for teams to keep up with them because you basically have to play perfectly at that point because they are playing at such a high variance, and if it happens to go their way, then you have to play nearly a perfect game to beat them. So, again, at 40-1, to 1, I just thought the odds were, were way out there on a team that uh, has at least a chance to, to kind of run on the, on the right side of variance. I took the Cincinnati Bengals at 20-1. to 1. This is because of an, the offense. Listen, I understand the offensive line is a mess, but we saw they can score with anybody. This offense can score with anybody. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Zoma, Joe Mixon, they have playmakers at every single skill position on the offensive side of the ball, and they can score with anyone. And so that's a little bit of a that's a little bit dangerous of a team if they can if they can again get lucky on the offensive line for a few games in a row, maybe figure out some sort of game plan or something like that. You saw them outscore the Chiefs this past week, and then finally, I again look. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I do understand they went down to Cincinnati this past week. Not making excuses for that Chiefs team. One of their offensive tackles got injured in pregame. The other offensive tackle got injured on the, on the first series. They were without their starting tackles in, within the first five minutes of the game. And so then you had to reshuffle. You had to go in. You had to try and make an, a makeshift offensive line for this team. And listen, don't take anything away from Cincinnati. They're, just a, they're a good team. And so the Chiefs got beat by a good team that was playing at home with a whole lot to play for. And, you know, that's I don't think that's crazy that we're looking at this as like, oh, the Chiefs aren't as good as whatever. No, man, they lost to a good team on the road. It just It, it is what it is. We're going to look at Kelly's and Amal's uh, Super Bowl power rankings whenever we come back as well. We'll talk through all these, and we'll talk some tennis tonight. Again, more college basketball coming. We're going to talk the draft. Fun night here on Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over Under, and Against the Spread Bets. Betting splits, another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Kelly, is that true? Is it for every single game? Is it for every game? I think so. Every game. Like, there is every college basketball game on there. Every NHL game. Every Every game. game. Anything you want to look at. All the splits. Any splits you're looking to get. I would say the the four big pro leagues and then college (laughs) basketball and college football. They're on there. That's all the splits. That's only the split. That's all the splits that anyone needs. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's all the splits anyone needs. Amal, let's look at your uh, your Super Bowl odds power rankings here. Yeah, I went with a lot of chalk. I went with the Rams because I had them before the season started to win the NFC. So I'm going to stick with them. I think they've got a great shot. Tampa Bay's injuries might be too much to overcome. I've always thought Dak Prescott would be too much to overcome for the Dallas Cowboys, and it continues to be the case in my opinion. And with Michael Gallup going down. Uh, we'll see what happens. By the way, Zeke hasn't run the ball since, oh, about 2019. I'd like to see him try and get more than about 15 yards per game if Dallas is going to be successful. And um, I like the Buffalo Bills. I think even though Josh Allen, I have him as a Tier 2 guy, not a Tier 1. I think there's only a handful of guys at the Tier 1 level. 
I still think this team is dangerous. They're playing extremely well overall. I thought the win against New England kind of put them back in the mix here. It'll be interesting to see with Tennessee with Derrick Henry coming back in the fold. I still have some question marks about mm. this team defensively. And then Green Bay, look, guys, I think the reality of it is I don't think anybody's going through Lambeau again this year. Mm -hmm. I thought last year Matt LaFleur made a terrible decision on second and long in the end of the first half, allowed uh, the Buccaneers then to get the ball and go score before halftime. I think they correct those things. And uh, Rodgers and Adams are playing at a level, really. You know, you got to go back to uh, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger in terms of how they were playing. Roethlisberger was not playing at that level, but we know uh, Antonio Brown was a couple of years ago. So went with a lot of chalk here. But I think this is the year, Matt, you pointed to the Chargers. I don't have a problem with that. The only reason I, I disagree with that is because I think the Raiders are going to win Sunday. But if they get in, uh, I think anybody's got a chance. Any of the 14 teams in the postseason this year, it's wide open. I would have taken a look at the Colts. I just don't trust Carson Wentz yep, for same, four games. Same. If you had any, if you had Phillip Rivers, I would have taken him. It was you got to basically almost give them any other quarterbacking situation on that screen except for the Saints, and I would and, and I would feel better about that's, taking the Colts. You know? That's a great point. You that know, really it's like is. give me like any other quarterbacking <laughs> situation on there except for the Saints, and I would probably feel much better taking the Colts. Yeah, so that is the the Rams at 850, the Bills at 750, and then the Packers at 380. And I mean, listen, I think it's one of the the I think it's one of those two teams that comes out of the NFC. So I, I mean, you could make a you could make a bet on both of those teams if we're you know our, our hypothetical yeah. you know $300 bets here. I think it's one of those two teams that comes out of the NFC with the way that like you said, what, what we've seen out of the Cowboys here uh, out of the last month. I we we figured out that that game against Washington was an aberration and certainly not what was what, that they turned the corner on the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Dak and five out of the last six games thrown for under 250 yards. Real quick, before we go to Kelly's plays, I want to ask you guys, do you think when you look at the situation right now with some of these teams that anybody you feel like confidently can step up? Because I, it's not even that I think the Packers and the Rams are elite or that the Bills and the Chiefs are elite. I just don't see the consistency. Right. Almost every team I can point to a unit that there's a major deficiency. No, I'm 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 with you 100%. I mean, I think the only team that you know, if they hold on to that one slot, there is at least the the Titans that will have a a bye week to which you yeah. don't have to play Derrick Henry, so then you can give him an extra week to get healthy. Julio Jones, it doesn't matter how how long he rests. He's going to get injured regardless. So, I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> we can say he gets an extra week right, to, yeah. to go out and run 14 routes and then come off, you know, for, for a hamstring injury or something like that. But, you know, I, I think that's the only thing just because they don't have to play an extra game. I mean, like, the Titans would be the biggest fade in the world if they had to play the whole playoffs. Yeah. If they get the free win, that at least makes them a little bit live. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, none of these teams – do I really have any sort of confidence in outside of the the chalk at the top? Yeah, I think the only ones like we we discussed this yesterday when we were doing our, our kind of just overall NFL team power rankings, and it's the like yes, I think those first. I, I mean, even to me, it's kind of more of those first those top three on that odds. I board. think the Bucks is too short with the with where they are at player personnel. Oh, right now. To, uh, I, I mean, for, for that number you're yeah. talking, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like, totally. Uh, like, like, like just in general to answer like what Amol was talking about. I do, I do think there are teams, and I would put the Bucks in there. Bucks. Bucks, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals, that if they get a little bit healthier, they definitely have like, and uh, yeah, yeah, Bucks, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals. If any of those teams kind of get a little bit healthier here and then kind of, you know, start to heat up, I think they have the talent to absolutely challenge one of those top teams. Uh, but 
it's not going to be all of them. It's probably, it could only maybe only be one of them. It might not be any of them. So that's where it is really hard to roll into the playoffs here. I, for me, I think the only three teams I really have a lot of confidence in is Packers, Packers, Chiefs, Bills. And if we do go over, go over to mine for the, for this week, I would say Chiefs, Bills, like for me, the AFC, I still think it's, I think it's, it's those two. I really yeah, do. So I it's agree. like, if I had to, if I had to make a bet, it, it, it probably has to be on one of those two. And then I would probably look for a longer shot, like yeah, the just, Chargers. Just a high variance. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, right. like you said, just the high variance of what the Chargers play with. If they heat up, then fine. If I really think it's only the two short shots that have much of a chance, then maybe a 40-1 to ticket on a longer shot like that, who, unlike a ball, I think will win this weekend against the, uh, the Raiders, obviously, or else they wouldn't even be on here in the first place. So I think they could be worth some fun, a fun little money bet. Um, the Chiefs, I'd probably like the most. If I had to make a single Super Bowl bet right now as of today, it would be on the Chiefs. And then the Cardinals, I think it's just another one. I don't, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen with as far as Hopkins coming back, these running back situations getting healthy. You know, if they come back at the right time, this t- Cardinals team looked like the best team for uh, in the league, in my opinion, for several weeks of the season. I think there's no reason why they can't turn into that again. So you get 20 to 1 or something that's, like that on this that's team? True. I mean, what they may look like with, with, with Hopkins back out there and a healthy James Conner and then all this. I mean, like, they, they could – there is a chance they could look close. The only problem is, is – Again, I keep going back to this: is is the loss of JJ Watt? People just did not give enough attention to, yeah. and it's because his counting stats weren't weren't like you know through the roof or whatever. But again, it's the same. We showed the graphic on on Aaron Donald the other day, right? I mean, like these guys get double and triple teamed at the highest rates in the league repeatedly, and so what happens is is the presence of them being out there, even though the counting stats aren't necessarily there. They have to be accounted for, which then opens up stuff for all the other players on the team. And so J.J. Watt, also their best run defender, their run defense went way down after he went uh, after after he went off the, uh, the uh, out for the season. Which I guess like, there's like some sort of weird, weird way outside chance he could come back or something. Yeah, like they're that. still. I, I guess they haven't. Th- that yeah. was from Kingsbury a couple weeks ago saying he they wouldn't rule him out, yeah. even though seemingly every medical professional on the planet yeah. has ruled him out. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so J.M. I, yeah. with another birdie. I, We're live. We're live. Isaiah. Okay. All right. So Kelly, you got to sweat here as we uh, as we come down the wire. He could. You're, I mean, he's going to have to birdie the last two for you to win it outright. But you could you could chop this. Cameron thing up. Smith could help. That would be nice. Yeah, you could chop this thing up. So that'd be good. Um, I'm all. Let, I do want to go back to like so two of the teams that 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 were on here. So the the Chiefs and the Bengals. So look at this. Like from that game last week. Do you? Do you fault the Chiefs more, or do you prop up the Bengals more from that game? Yeah, that's a great question. I would probably prop up the Bengals more. Mm-hmm. I thought Kansas City's defense was a bit fraudulent. Yeah. Remember, they had a stretch of seven consecutive weeks where they forced two turnovers. And the turnovers, Matt, as you yep. know, it's the one thing you can't necessarily rely mm-hmm. on occurring. So uh, I, I think I have some question marks about this Kansas City team. And you alluded to it. This Bengals team offensively has the capability and the firepower to compete with any offense in the NFL, not just in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And we don't see an elite Baltimore 2000, the 2000 Ravens right. defense out there or something where you go, well, they're not going to be able to score seven on these guys as long as they can get a couple of stops with Burroughs accuracy his uh, decision making and the playmaking that they have around them I think this team is extremely dangerous still have some concerns about the Chiefs I I still have concerns about Josh Allen Um, I don't like uh, Mac Jones right now as a quarterback for the Patriots in the postseason he's good in terms of when you got to beat the AFC East Wentz to me is the is the guy he's the problem in Indianapolis if you had you know, I don't want to say Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray because that's a different level quarterback. But if you had somebody who's – I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. If you had Dak Prescott mm. there, I would love the Colts to be able to come out of the AFC with that running game. It's, it, it's, I look at this, and it's, it's a 
way down the line, like ridiculous hypothetical because there's going to have to, you know, get to the Super Bowl. But if you if you get where they go and it's the and it's Cincinnati versus the Packers in the Super Bowl, and now you're you're in a dome yeah. on fast turf with perfect conditions and all things like, like I understand they're going to be a dog. I mean they're going to they're going to be a dog to the Packers, but. That is as live a situation because again, it's it's they can score on on anybody. Like they they can score on anyone. Completely agree with you, and I think you bring up an excellent point. If this to me is the year you bet a long shot yeah. if you really like somebody. I think the Bengals pick at twenty to one is a great pick. I just have concerns about their defense overall. Yeah. And to your point, though, I think you get into this postseason, they could. I mean, they could get on one of those runs like the Giants we saw do mm-hmm. it twice, right? They could score 30 points against every team, including in the Super Bowl. And it, won't, ma- and it, and yeah, it won't matter. Yeah. No, exactly. And then at that point, it won't matter. And, and so I think that there are these 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 offenses that you can you can, if you just bank on. It's, it's a passing league. We see this all the time. Yeah. I mean, that you huck the ball down the field. If your guy doesn't catch it, you get a pass interference about 25% of the time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's like they're, they're, if, if you have all these receivers, you have all this stuff. I mean, we just don't know. They're playing it off. And as they should, because you don't want to tip your hand or anything like that. But we really don't know what extent this whole knee thing is with Joe Burrow. Because, I mean, again, it was bad enough to where he couldn't be out there to end that game last week. So there's at least that that is at least minimally concerning to me as well. So something that I would certainly be keeping an eye on. We'll talk some tennis here. Primetime action. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Beeson has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides Beeson Plus all access to everything we do from now to April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus free access to Beeson.com 
with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Kelly, you don't have the currency conversion, do you? Oh, no, I don't. Sorry, you didn't man. do it? Nope. nope. Well, what's that, European odds to a U.S.? Yeah, pretty much. He, he likes to convert it to Canadian You remember dollars. it was 88.05 yesterday, 87.74 today, mm. dollar week. Do- dollars week today. Dollars week today. 87.74. It's a discount for you up north today. Take advantage. <laughs> Take advantage. Uh, so the big news, Amal, uh, um, you weren't here yesterday. I-, I wish you would have been, but that's okay. We can talk about it today. Of course, we know the big news was Novak Djokovic gets to Australia. They sit him in a room for what he says, you know, for 10, 12 hours, something like that. Then he ends up getting deported. He kind of did this to himself. He posted on Instagram before he ever left to go down there. And it's a long flight, by the way, to get down there. (laughs) So for him to say, had a great time over the holidays, got an exemption, headed down under. Well, that whole time, all he did was give a country enough time to get really, really mad that they had given this medical exemption to this guy. Uh, also, just a little side note: this, so this is a country that's also 92% vaccinated, so they oh, wow. have this, you know, tons of, of 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 you know like-minded people down there when it comes to all of this. And so they were like, "Hey, man, uh-uh. If I went and got vaccinated, we ain't letting this guy in just because he's the number one tennis player in the world." They freak out. Everyone loses their mind. The prime minister comes out. The prime minister releases a statement on this whole situation. Anyway, all said and done, Novak Djokovic is out of there. So what we have right now, and I guess the odds are still up yeah. on him at some of the books out there they because are, there are still – I guess he's going to try to appeal and all this stuff and, and whatever, but I, I can't imagine they're going to – to let him play. Yeah, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, had to come out and speak out against this because you think about it in province, uh, I mean, excuse me, in Victoria down there in that province, if you allow him in, it's just not fair to a lot of other people. And they've had lots of restrictions and lockdown in Australia for a while. You couldn't even travel to WA if you were in New South Wales or anywhere else. So interesting in terms of how this is going to play out. You mentioned it, Joker at plus 165. The one thing I would say is if you're still going to look to make a bet on him because it is such a high price, check what the rules and stipulations are if a player doesn't participate in the tournament. Some places will give you a refund. Some places are straight-up action. So something to pay attention to. No surprise here, Daniil Medvedev, the favorite in this one. Um, Zev, obviously, with some experience, but this is a slower, hard-court surface. Uh, Rafa at 8-1, to one, and I tell you, Matt, it's hard for me to bet on any of these guys right now because so mm-hmm. many of them are not even played in tune-up tournaments. You don't know where people are, and you've just seen a lot of players. You know, they make so much money off the court, the top 15, top 20 players, that it just seems like since COVID, a lot of the players are not engaged at the same level, and I, I think it's tough to see really too many people breaking through here. Yeah, over on DraftKings, Medvedev is 140, so he has taken some action. Djokovic plus 160. Uh, Sasha Zverev is plus 225. Over there, Nadal at 9 to 1. Uh, Tsitsipas is at 14 to 1. Center at 16 to 1. It, you, you can go down the list here. I mean, I, I guess Rublev at 30 to 1. I mean, there, there are some guys that I guess if you wanted to make a case are, are live in this type of scenario. Look, I've got a bunch of tickets in on Zverev. I think it's him and Medvedev. I can't imagine anyone else being able to get through both of those guys in order to to win this tournament. It is men's tennis. It, men's tennis a little bit easier to predict yeah. than, than than the female side of things. There are a lot of 
varying results on the female side of things, but on the men's side of things, you know, Amal, I, I, I have a very tough time sitting here saying, you know, look, everyone likes to have a long shot, and they're, you know, everyone likes to bet a little bit a lot. So if you wanted to take a long shot on some of these other guys, I'm not going to sit here and try and talk you off of it or anything, but I can't. It's going to be very hard for me to see someone get through both Medvedev and Zverev, especially in a field that doesn't have Djokovic. I would agree with you completely. Even Rafa here has had tremendous success down under. He'd still be a challenger until you at least get to the round of 16 mm -hmm. or round of eight where you think he can pick anybody off that he faces up until that point in time. Um, Sitsipas has been kind of hit or miss in the majors, been inconsistent. Um, you know, Sinner's a young up-and-coming Italian player who I think can be very dangerous. Uh, Carlos Alcarza, terrific young Spaniard, but I'll tell you what, he's more of a clay quarter. When you get him mm -hmm. on clay, uh, Matt, that's a name to remember this year at the French Open. Going to be extremely, extremely dangerous. So, uh, no Dominic team here as well, uh, but I like your play on Zeb. I think there's a great possibility him and Medvedev, depending on the on the draw, where they wind up. They could be on the uh, opposite sides, and we could see that happen. But the big news, obviously, is still going to be Novak. If Novak's there, nine-time winner down here, yeah. let's see if he can make it number 21 and number 10. So are these odds, though, are these odds what they looked like like then a month ago, three weeks ago? No, 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 no. So no, what, are, no are the, well, like I told you, I had I have I have Zverev 650 tickets. I've got tons of Zverev 650 tickets. So do you think the books are kind of just hedging the situation right now is with odds like this? I mean, whether Djokovic is going to play or not. Because was Djokovic more like even money or even yeah. like minus 110 or yeah. whatever? I think these odds are certainly shaded more towards the he's not going to be allowed to play. And so they have adjusted the the the, the price on Medvedev's Varev for sure. You know, I don't know about that. No, I, I, I didn't right. really no, no, look no. like I don't remember what Rublev was or anything like that because I didn't look that far down the board. Ruby was at 40 to 1 at one point, but mm -hmm. the reality of it is, to your point on Zev, you're going to get him at 6, 7, 8 to 1 at those situations when Novak's in that tournament. At the Grand Slams, it's always the big three, and then Medvedev has been able mm -hmm. to break through here. But uh, this is a good play on Zev. I think there's a great opportunity. He matches up against uh, Daniil well. And again, the slower surface, he's still a big server. This could be dangerous, and it should be fun if those two in the final. I like what you said about center, too. I think if there's any sort of wild card this yeah. season, it might be him because yeah. if he takes that next step, right? Correct. If he's that guy that can take that next step. And we've seen, look, if you've been, if you've ever, if you've been paying attention to tennis for you know last two decades, there's always that guy that we keep saying, if he could only take that next step, yeah, and they right. never do, you know, and they never do, and they're always the guys that, like you said, make it to the round of 16, they lose every single time, and and so you kind of know who those guys are. But if Sinner is that guy to kind of take that next step, I do like him to kind of start to challenge some of these guys in some of these yeah. tournaments along the way. I would agree with you. You're absolutely right there. So this is one that so guys, if, if people are watching the news cycle on this event, mm -hmm. like if you if you're leaning Medvedev. Like, is this one of those, keep your eyes on the news cycle, because as soon as Novak is, I guess, what, officially announced that he's not going to be playing in this tournament, run and make this bet at plus one, plus 160? Because that will shift then, right? I don't... You don't it think it's going to shift like much it's baked in. Like I said, I mean, DraftKings is already down to 140. Yeah. I think, like... I think people are just under the assumption now at this point that that Just Novak's not playing. Play. But okay. if this were 2018 or 19, I wouldn't take Medvedev at that mm -hmm. price. Today, even if Novak plays, he still can beat him. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. This is not Novak of 2016 when he had that tremendous run and nobody was beating him. Uh, but what my point being is I think Novak is still vulnerable at this point in time. And look, Daniel uh, Daniel got him at the U.S. Open, right? Stopped him from winning 28 in a row in the Grand Slams. And so I think uh, Novak has become a little bit more vulnerable at this point in time. On the women's side of things, I honestly have, have no opinion. Like you said, so we haven't seen anybody really play. We don't have any data to really look at and all that. And, and with the 
ridiculous variance yeah. on the women's side of things. It's very hard for me to come up with any sort of opinion. If you wanted to play anyone on this board right now, you could probably make a case to me as to why the bet is good. Or so It's real hard for me to, to pick somebody out. I'll tell you who I would look at. Annette Contivate uh, out of Estonia has been tremendous in the last quarter of the season last year. She really played well down the stretch. Ended up losing the WTA final in the final match, but uh, she has been extremely strong. To me, Barty uh, has not played a lot. That's my concern. Mm -hmm. Osaka, I'm not sure, you know, if she's going to be uh, fully engaged in it. That's a concern I have. Some of the other names here, I don't like Sabalenka. She just got bounced in the first round. I forgot who was against in the tournament in uh, in Melbourne. And then Muguruza, too inconsistent. Shratek, better on clay. Halep, if she can prevail through injuries, Simona's dangerous at 14-1. to That's the one, Matt, I would look at along with Contivate at 12-1. to Those are two players that uh, Contivate playing well, Halep with the experience and the talent, having won Grand Slams before. Raducanu, I think that U.S. Open was more of an aberration than the norm. Coco Goff still, I think, is a little bit away. Sakari still inconsistent. Paula Bedosa is another one who played well, but I think her odds are short at 16-1. to yeah. They've got too many people that are just kind of uh, put in here, the odds are not long enough on Krichikova at this price is not high enough. So for me, I, I would stay away from some of these players. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on Osaka. Like that, that number is just too short for me yeah. with not knowing where she really is. Ex- I mean, she hadn't really talked about it. Yeah. Where she, how she's progressed from from everything over the last year, and uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, from a betting standpoint, we hope she is, you know, listen, we obviously are, are huge advocates of the athletes and, and hope that they get everything figured out off the court and off the field and things like that. From a pure betting standpoint, which is what we have to talk about here on this program, at 550, it's very tough for me to tell anybody, even though I love the talent and I love, obviously, a proven winner, but it's very hard for me to say, hey, put that bet in your account at that short of a number, not knowing where she really stands. You bring up an excellent point right there. Guys, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk some college basketball a little bit later. We'll talk some NFL draft as well. It is primetime action here on Visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.